Page 105. Sundry is known, but not all of it. This new association is not thought to be continuous. It is not regarded to be worthy of further examination. Amen. Copialis 3. Master, the manuscript is now complete. Hello, my name is Arnie Law, and I will be your host for this episode of One Time Pot. This episode will focus on the mysterious case of the Copial Cipher, a 105-page document that contains 75,000 characters. The Copial Cipher was discovered over 200 years ago, but its origins were unknown. Nobody even knew what language it was written in, let alone the contents of the document itself. It is not known who discovered the document, but it sat in the East Berlin Academy for decades collecting dust while keeping its secrets hidden. The Copial cipher utilizes 90 distinct characters, including Greek and Roman letters, accented letters, and other made-up symbols that are unique to the cipher itself. The only words that were in plain text were Philip 1866 and Copial's three the latter of which gives the Copial cipher its name. Originally, it was thought that the Greek and Roman letters were the true important parts of the cipher, and the rest of the symbols were just there to confuse the reader. However, following this hypothesis yielded no useful results. The Copial cipher was solved only very recently in 2011 by a team led by UC Berkeley professor Kevin Knight. He was able to use machine learning and computer programs to fight against the defenses of the Copial cipher. In this short clipping, he describes the processes he used that were able to make him successful in this endeavor. My name is Kevin Knight. Uh, I'm at the Information Sciences Institute at the University of Southern California, and my area of research is natural language processing. So the Copial Cipher is a 100-page book and includes 75,000 characters, several hundred years old, written entirely in cipher. We had no idea what the book uh, said, and no one had deciphered it up to this point. We used some automatic methods to cluster the letters, so we looked at groups of letters that behave similarly. We also have programs that can identify the language behind the text, and it gave a slight preference for German. One thing we noticed was that the... Roman letters in the text all seem to have a similar behavior to one another. The first hypothesis that we had was that's the real code. Uh, in the end, it turned out that those Roman letters um, were the spaces between the words. And the first two words that we could see here in the German were ceremony of initiation. So that was very exciting because uh, we had no idea what the book was about until that point. And the next two words were secret section. The Copial cipher has a German plaintext and is encrypted using a homophonic cipher. A homophonic cipher is an example of a substitution cipher. A traditional substitution cipher replaces every letter in an alphabet with another letter in that alphabet. For example, in English, the letter A could be replaced with E and the letter C could be replaced with X. These are usually solved using something called frequency analysis where the frequency that letters in the cipher appear are compared to the frequency that letters appear in normal English. For example, the most common letter in English is E, 
So it makes sense that if a letter is a most frequently appearing in a cipher, it has a much higher probability of representing E than it does representing Z or X, which aren't very common in English. Homophonic ciphers are similar, with the difference that single letters in the plain text can be replaced by multiple symbols. Rendering frequency analysis useless. This makes the cipher nearly infinitely harder to solve. Consider the case where every letter in English is replaced by exactly two characters. For example, the letter A could be replaced by the letter F and the Greek letter gamma. A regular substitution cipher has 26 factorial potential keys. This new cipher would have 52 factorial divided by two to the 26 keys. This may not seem like much of a difference to you, so I will try to put it into context. This means that if you could test all the keys of a substitution cipher in one second, it would take seven billion times the age of the universe to crack this specific homophonic cipher. The Copial cipher has even more combinations, since it has 90 distinct characters instead of 52, and there isn't a stipulation that every letter must be replaced by the same number of letters. The method of decryption was a bit more complex than what Professor Knight described in the short excerpt. The first major task that needed to be undertaken was the conversion of the cipher into something that a computer could read by converting the symbols into a group of letters in English. With over 90 distinct characters and 75,000 total characters, this was a time-intensive task. Once converted, solving the cipher was no easy feat, since they had to try looking for patterns among the characters. And although the initial analysis indicated a slight preference to German, they still tested their theories against over 80 potential plain text languages. Knight and his team started with the pattern they noticed, which was the placement of the Greek and Roman letters. But as stated earlier, this was an invalid theory. Next, they tried using frequency analysis, not on single characters, but on clusters of symbols, assuming that the Copiel cipher was a homophonic cipher. This did yield useful results. There were certain clusters that were more common, and in particular, there was a three-letter phrase that was repeated many times. In German, the cluster of consonants CHT are the most common, similar to the word the in English. Using hunches like these, they were able to find more clusters of plaintext. Another major breakthrough was when the researchers realized that all vowels with an accent over them represented the letter E. Once they guessed and checked certain clusters, they were able to see the words in German Zeremonie and Der, separated by a Roman letter. This led them to the all-important realization that the unaccented Roman letters in the ciphertext were actually just representative of spaces between words which is virtually the opposite of the original hypothesis of the team. In the cipher, there were also symbols that represented the names of important people or organizations, and these are nearly impossible to crack. Nevertheless, Knight and his team were able to crack the vast majority of the cipher text to reveal the secret that this 200-year-old manuscript held on its pages.
The Copial cipher hides in its text the secrets of the Oculus Society. We know this group was obsessed with eyeballs, ophthalmology, and eye surgery, but there is little known about the society outside of what is written in the cipher. The larger association that they were a part of were the Freemasons, who are a secret society formed in the 1400s by different trade guilds. There's definitely a mysterious cult-like aura surrounding these groups, but for the most part, their intentions are innocuous, especially in the modern era. One thing that is explained in the plain text of the cipher is how new members were initiated into the Oculus Society in a rather bizarre way. Sit down, recruit. Yes, sir. Read to me the contents of this paper. At this point in the process, the recruit would be handed a blank piece of paper and told to read it. When the recruit was unable to do so, they were told to wear glasses and hairs from their eyebrows were plucked away. Next, they were blindfolded and parts of their body were exposed. Then they were handed a piece of paper, this time with a message. Read the contents of this paper. If I choose, I can be a member of the Oculus Society, so long as I promise to uphold its values and protect my fellow brothers. Welcome to the Brotherhood. Another custom described in the text was how society members could identify each other in public. I'm now going to let you listen to a couple of examples to see if you can spot the pattern. How's Walter doing? He's well. I believe he's with Anthony right now. Here's the second example. Do you know how Peter's doing? I think he's doing all right. I think I saw him earlier with Ethan. These simple conversations were enough for both parties to recognize if someone was a member as well. When the person asks how someone is doing, the second brother should respond by using a name that begins with the second letter of the name provided by the first person. For example, Walter has the second letter A, so the second person responds using the name Anthony. Since Peter has the second letter E, the second person responds using a name that starts with E, like Ethan. In addition to the description of these customs, the Copial Cipher provides historians with valuable insight into the political leanings of the society. Secret organizations were fairly common in the middle of the 18th century, and they show how people viewed the ideas of natural rights and revolution. The Copial Cipher is no exception to this. The document discussed how the society believed that humans were born with natural rights and how the monarchy of England was an unjust government in some respects. Some historians believe that secret societies like the Oculist Order had an influence on the major revolutions of this time, but since many documents are enciphered, it is hard to know the true extent of this influence. A part of the reason they were enciphered may have been to keep secrets from the government or the church, but another part may have just been to make their society seem more mysterious and exclusive.
The Copiale cipher was a mystery 200 years in the making. However, with the help of modern technology and human intuition, its secrets were able to be revealed. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it and learned a little bit more about the Copiale cipher than you knew before. I would also like to thank Professor Bruff for making this episode of One Time Pod possible, as well as the Center for Teaching, who gave us the tools we needed to make this podcast a reality. So long, and I hope you will tune in to next year's edition of One Time Pod.